Okay, so hey everyone, it's Nicole again, and I am here for my podcast trying to um, post homework assignments for people. And this homework assignment is supposed to be, you know, and go do your fifth step, which of course is you know, an interesting homework assignment to try to put in a little podcast um, uh, instruction sheet. So what I decided to do was to interview um, three of my sponsees who I have done a fifth step with. And um, today I have Tom and yeah, I can't remember exactly what the homework is, but I, you know, I'll have to put that in the little podcast description. So uh, I will say that, you know, doing your four step is something that you do by yourself. You write it out by yourself. And that's that in and of itself is, is a powerful experience of just you, you know, writing out um, these inventories. And then it comes to doing your fifth step, which is taking that fourth step, all that writing that you've done and sharing it with your sponsor. So Tom, before we get into, you know, the particular experience that you had, do you want to sort of talk about coming into the rooms and even hearing something about like, Sure. The fourth and fifth step. Yeah. Um, when I came into the room, so first, you know, I really was opposed to the idea that I could be an addict of any kind and particularly food addict. Are you kidding me? So I had some barriers about just looking at how things were and how I was. Um, so then I heard about the fourth step and um on the one hand, I realized that, wow, now this would be really helpful because I can look at, I can turn a lens on myself having to do with food. And I, over the years, I've turned a lens on myself in a number of different ways, <clears throat> but never from that focus. And <clears throat> so I thought, well, that, that should be good. And then the fifth step, you share it with somebody. Yeah, no problem. And then, as it turned out, um, the first time I did the fourth step, I, um, <laughs> this is possibly a character defect. Uh, I over-intellectualized the whole thing <clears throat> and I kind of put it into, uh, ways of thinking about myself that I had learned and thought about before. Mm -hmm. And, um, it kind of made, in a way it made them disappear as character, character flaws. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I that was less help than I thought. Oh, so I'm going to give you a break, and you might want to edit this a little bit. But <clears throat> when I first came in, I should say also that I am a compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. <clears throat> and um, I was in my 60s, and I had been on innumerable diets. And as I like to say, I've, I've lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And I've gained most of them back <laughs> bit by bit uh, over the years. And um, so I was just, you know, doing the same old thing and thinking about food all the time. I mean, I thought about food like I thought about sex when I was a 
young guy, you know, yeah. all the time. Didn't take much to get me going. And, uh, and I saw how it was damaging my marriage. All the things around hiding, you know, eating secretly and lying and all that stuff. So I did finally come in. <clears throat> and something I recently realized, by the way, is that as I've gone through the steps this time, yeah. um, it's taken lots of things deeper. And I recently realized that I could, it was possible for me to say that I didn't actually take the first or second steps until the day that I realized I was a sugar addict. Right. I'd been in the rooms for three and a half years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah three and a half years already. Uh, and really not abstinent for very long at a time, typically. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, I had taken the first and second steps to the best of my ability at the time. But when I saw that, that was a big change. And so I think that that has brought me now to this time around in the fourth step. I've been thinking, okay, I really want to see this. I really want to see it in this light. These are my character defects. And can I interrupt you? Oh, go ahead. Just uh, because, again, trying to follow you. So you were talking about the first time you did it, mm -hmm. that you sort of over-intellectualized it. And if I understand what you're saying, you were kind of saying that you did it in a way that it was just pretty similar to all the other self-discovery techniques that you had done, that it wasn't, it didn't really reveal anything new for you. Is That's that exactly right. Okay, that is so exactly right. Okay, so then basically to you, it was just another method of doing self-reflection. Yes, and all those methods, the way that I had worked them before is when you find something, well, get over it. Right. Right, or it's bad, suppress it, or, right. you know, all these not helpful things. So when you did that first four step, was that in the workbook? Um, <clears throat> I use the workbook part of the time and I, uh, there are the, the tables that I, you gave me some tables that are simplified from the ones that I was working with. Okay. Um, so but, you did do it the big book way the first time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it just, again, you didn't uncover anything new. Not really. No. You just took the information that you already knew and you put it in a table. Basically. Yes. And said, well, that's just my personality, right? You know, right. or whatever. And then also what you're saying is really at that time, you knew that you had a food problem, but you really hadn't wrapped your mind around being powerless over food. That's right. So I'm glad that you're bringing this because we come in and we do the steps to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have a similar story in that the first time I went through the steps, I did it sort of, you know, like a good student doing her homework. It wasn't necessarily um, revelatory. It was really just, if anything, I actually, my very first four step I did, um, I just wrote down the worst things that I ever did in my life. <sighs> and I told my best friend, who's not in program, at the, she wasn't at the time. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, <laughs> All right, that was my fifth, that was like my 26 year old fifth step, right? <laughs> Four step, fifth step is just like, you know, here's a list of things I don't want anyone to know about me. Okay, I'm going to tell my best friend. 
and here's, yeah, here's one person I could tell. Yes, and done. You know, <laughs> so right. So again, I just want to sort of stop there and go like that's very calm. So I don't want people to think that you know, for those of us who it's like like you and I having an experience. Oh, and then I did the four step. Oh, and then I really did it. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like no, I wouldn't have gotten to the deeper four step if I hadn't been willing to do, you know, a, whatever you, a good enough, you know, mm -hmm. Lamont calls, who's a writer, talks about writing that sh quote, shitty first draft. Yes. Let yourself write the shitty first draft. You know what I mean? Cause you're not yes. going to get to anything else until you let yourself just do that. So, right. you know, again, <laughs> just, just do it but anyway so now we're on like so again just for tracking purposes then mm -hmm. you really do hit a place where you hit a level of incomprehensible demoralization around yeah. food yeah it's also common that sometimes people come in you know what i mean and they're like oh yeah i have a problem with food and then when they actually try to get abstinent is when their disease progresses and they and then they realize you know yes. and trying to get abstinent as opposed to dieting that they really are powerless over food and they're and they do hit that place of demoralization and right. then shortly after that is when we started working together because you had finally owned being a sugar addict mm -hmm. and, and of course that's what i was i how i was identifying in the rooms and yeah. so it was like, okay, so then you and I go through one, two, and three, you know, mm -hmm. you're at a deeper level, we do four, but, but I don't want to jump too far ahead. So, cause mm -hmm. we have some timelines that are blurring, but I still want to just go back to you coming into the rooms and just hearing this thing of doing a fourth and fifth step. Mm -hmm. Can you recall what maybe that was? You know, I, I remember hearing the steps like the first time I think maybe we read through them and I wasn't hadn't bought the literature by then and maybe my first couple three yeah. weeks and so my first reaction was I, I don't get it I just like there's just all these numbers okay and then take an inventory so my first reaction to taking an inventory was uh you know I, that sounds hard like I think I've done that before, right? Um, and yeah, is this true confessions or what? Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like that. Yeah. Those kinds of attitudes, and then the fifth step, sharing it with someone. It's funny. The first thing I remember thinking about sharing it with someone was that, oh, that might actually be good. That might mm -hmm. be a relief. Yeah. And I didn't. I, I mean, I really didn't have any more sophisticated or knowledgeable reaction than that but it sounded like wow okay so then it's not really true confessional i'm not standing up in front yeah. of a room and you know spilling my guts yeah i'm sharing it with somebody who yeah is just taking it in for me holding yeah. that space so that actually sounded uh, inviting like not not scary yeah <laughs> until of course one of my character defects I'm sure has a little to do with this. I thought, well, I'm not, I don't think I can do that well enough. 
what if I screw it up? You know, yeah, um, yeah all that stuff. You know. So but, then um, you had done your first fifth step. Was that with Alan? No, that was with uh, Joel. Joel. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And so do you remember what that first fifth step experience was like? I do. It was, it was a mix because I, there, I did have relief that I told somebody, another man who I had, I respected, I could see that he was doing his work and, um, and it was like, no big deal for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar. You know, just like yeah. really, like okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. theoretically, I knew. Of yeah. course, I'm not the only person who does those things or has yeah. done them. But to be sitting in a room with somebody who acknowledges, yeah. Oh yeah, that was hard. I remember that. Oh, you know, yeah. himself. Yeah. That kind of thing. It was. Um. I really did feel like I was much more at home than yeah. I had up to that point. Yeah. The frustration I had was that I think I, uh, that over intellectualization I have, yeah. I think I presented it in such a um, what processed way, such a putting right. it in the frameworks I knew and saying, yeah. so what we call this is that. And, and I think it was difficult for him to reflect to me, yeah, you know, in ways that allowed me to break through that for myself and go, oh, right, that's not that's not really the character defect I'm looking for. That's just the pattern of the way I act. Yeah, but the character defect is more like, you know, what are these things I do because I'm defending my feelings or something? Right. It's a different it's a different perspective than yeah. I was using before. Um, so, so if, I can, if I can try to understand mm -hmm. what you're saying is, is that instead of just saying what had happened, you actually shared it in a therapized processed way. That's a good way to put so it. So you were telling him what you did and why you did it and what you think about why you did it. Yeah. There was really no room for him to say anything. Right. That's right. You, you were doing both the job of the sponsor and the sponsee. Let me tell you something that I did. And then let me tell you about myself. And here's, why I would I call it. that yeah. vanity. Here's I would call that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> you were just a sounding board for all of my insights. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. This is where it's like, we have to let ourselves be where we're at. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I don't think. So before we, I don't want to even finish that, but it's like, you couldn't have gotten through your other places, your other experiences around doing a fifth step until you had done that experience, you know? Yeah. Because that I was knew, your level of willingness. That's right. I knew what not to do next mm -hmm. time, you know, yeah. and I, and it gave me some things. I mean, it was not, yeah. it was not a wasted experience at all. I was about to say, it doesn't take away from the fact that to the best of your ability, you were sharing yourself yeah. and the truth of yourself with another man. Now I happen to know, love and adore Joel. Um, mm -hmm. And so our listeners don't know that he's quite a bit younger than you. So what was that experience like? <sighs> you know, that was at first, it was odd. He was one of the few men 
I saw in the meeting rooms with with, working a strong program. That's right. You know, and, um, and then when we talked, he had a background kind of like mine in some ways. Yeah. So he had a lot of spiritual things, you know, been meditative and those kinds of things. I thought, okay, I think this might be a fit. And, and definitely I want to be more abstinent like he is. Right. Right. So, as we as we worked, you know, I learned about him too, yeah. and um, you know, the age thing wasn't wasn't important as right. it turned out because because he has a lot of being and he's just a great person, you yeah. know, yeah, and was kind and open and yeah, you know, thoughtful things that I wanted, things that I needed, yes, to have yeah. at that time, and so yeah, um it didn't take me long to kind of forget about the age. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Oh, you know, I remember early when I talked to him, I was worried that um, he might feel uneasy about me being so much older than he was. Yeah. Yeah. That that might feel intimidating. God, I'm talking to this. Yeah. My grandfatherly like guy. And then he's got these stories that aren't very grandfatherly, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as most people do. (laughs) Yes. As most people do. So, uh, and so I, I, would guess that there was something there for him to process it. Yeah, definitely. Now, did you end up doing a fifth step with Alan? I have not. Oh, I only did the sexual harms with Alan. Okay, right. Which is part, we don't want to get to that piece yet. I know about that. So I had not been working with Alan so formally. We're more, we worked a bit and then we became sounding boards. Okay. Friends in the work and um yeah rather than working steps for me so for our listeners you were working with joel and then is that he became unavailable because is that when he had the baby that's right yeah Yeah. and so then alan was in the rooms Mm -hmm. you know and alan uh who also we love and adore and has been on the podcast was a much more laid-back sponsor Mm -hmm. and you are really experiencing I'm doing a recap for people yes. really experiencing your powerlessness over sugar. You and mm-hmm. I are bonding and connecting in the rooms. I'm always identifying as a sugar addict. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a much, uh, what do we want to say? Structured. It would be a much structured. more structured. Thank you. Very neutral word for me. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Much more structured uh, sponsor. Mm-hmm. And also with a strong, you know, AA big book background. So, so then for our listeners, when Tom came to me and the conversation about, and we agreed to work together. Um, and I want to kind of say this, cause this was new for me too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Around like, okay. Um, one of the things that I did uh, in agreeing to uh, work with Tom is that I asked him, I knew that, cause Tom's a straight man. And so right. I knew that there were just going to be things that I was not going to be able to identify with. And one of the things that I knew as a person with a lot of time is that 12 step is peer to peer shame reducing. Mm-hmm. And that it's really the church of me too, which is another Anne Lamott thing. And I knew that Tom as a sponsee would need me to be able to nod my head at him and say, yeah, me too. 
And then I knew just by definition that there were going to be things where I was not going to be able to do that because I don't have a male body. I was not raised as a cisgendered man. And so I asked Tom to maintain his relationship with, with Alan. And then when I thought about doing the fourth step and the sexual inventory, I thought of that in a couple of ways and I'm dilating on this for our listeners, mm-hmm. which is, I was like, you know, me personally as a woman in the rooms and being in relationship to you, I was like, I don't want to know about that. I per- Now there are probably women out there who would probably didn't, but I personally was like, I don't want to know about that because I, I am afraid that it will affect our relationship. So number one, I didn't want to, number two, I didn't know that I would be able to respond in the way that the sponsee needed, you know what I mean? And I was, and I, but again, I knew like the whole point of the fifth step is shame reducing. So I didn't want you to share anything that would actually risk. You know, Are you going, what? You did what? <laughs> and increasing your shame level. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I knew that it was important that, and also I know that men and women approach sex very differently. And I know that it would be much more healing and powerful for you and assumedly more comfortable for you Mm -hmm. to share you know like locker room you know what i mean like guy to guy and that Mm -hmm. that would be the shame reducing thing so there were two things that i want to make clear to people which is that you know if there are any women out there that are sponsoring men that it's like yeah, I didn't want to know things about you. And it was okay. I got to say, like, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. You know, just purely as a as a woman. I'm just not comfortable knowing that. I don't want to be invited into your bedroom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'd like that to still be, you know, I'd like to still have a boundary over there. Yeah. Um, and then two, as a sponsor who has a lot of time and understood what the point of the fifth step was, I then also then looked at like, how can I help Tom get what he needs to get out of the healing experience of the fifth step? And I just knew like, look, dude, you're going to have to talk to a guy, you know what I mean? And if you didn't have Alan, I would have told you to take it to your therapist, you know Uh, what I mean? Or something like that. Yeah, that that would make sense. You needed the church of me too. And I, and I did not feel that that was what I could give you. And yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, and, and that, also, that worked well, by the way, I yeah, thought. Good. Thank you. It's good. So, can you speak to, so now I've kind of outlined yeah. how we got to this place. Then now we can, now, now we're kind of on. So I would like, what was it like for you when we started working together, you know, and you realized you were going to do a fourth and fifth step with me? Did you have any experience or thoughts about that? Uh, now, I'm not sure this is all there was, but the thing that pops up first in mind was that, oh boy, I'm going to get a good look at this, you know, <laughs> a, a deep, 
like we're I'm, when we get through this, <clears throat> this is I'm gonna understand this so much more, and it's gonna be I don't know. I have an idea that it's gonna be more organized, and that's the truth. <laughs> it yeah, is already. Yeah. <clears throat> in my mind, so um, that's the main thing I remember. The other thing, oh, I always have performance anxiety about yeah. every damn thing, and so I, you know, there was well, I'm probably not gonna do it well enough for her. I'm not gonna work fast enough for. Her. And then as it turns out, you know, I'm 60 some odd years old. It's difficult to remember some stuff, but I know there's something there, right. <clears throat> you know, just stuff took time Yeah. Uh, to dredge it all up. <clears throat> yeah. So but you were okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so when it came time to actually reading <clears throat> and going through, did you have, were, what, were you by that point i would assume that by that point you would have felt a lot more comfortable by the time we got to <laughs> you reading your four step to me we had established a pretty good solid foundation i would think yes that's true i was not at all afraid or nervous or good. hesitant I, I, by that time i was okay i'm you know yeah. let's do this let's do this and, <laughs> other thing that I noticed was that uh, my family used to say, oh, so what was that? Oh, just another ordinary everyday fire breathing dragon. No big deal. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and it's kind of like that. These were all the fire breathing dragons, but they had become ordinary everyday yeah. stuff by yeah. the time we were actually talking. I was sharing that with you. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of it does become i mean yeah it's not stuff you want to be stuck with stuck in no. by, by at all no and it can do a lot of damage but it is not inherently frightening right you know it's not it's, it's just stuff you you do over and over again yeah and by golly i need help you know yeah um there were things later after we got into it that i would come upon things that i shame would come up yeah you yeah. know, that I was going to share this with you or shame came when I was writing it down and then I would be sharing it with you. And in the process, I realized some things also, yeah. which made me go, oh, you know, I didn't get that. And, or just various kinds of shame related feelings. Yeah. The thing is by that, by this time, like, okay, shame. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel there's a little shame around that. Yeah. So well, okay, there's shame around all kinds of things in my world. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm working on. Right. Right. So did you feel, so when you got to actually saying the words out loud to me, when you were, let's dilate a little bit on the shame. Yeah. So, you know, you're like, Ugh! you're like, oh gosh, you know what I mean? Writing it mm -hmm. down oh gosh, when you're thinking about having to tell me. So can you recall what it was like when you actually finally got to the place where you're telling me and my response and... Yeah, I can think of two kind of similar things, similar actions, kind of different yeah. places in me. Just every time I would think of either one made me just cringe. Yeah. And, um, you know, both times I would relate it and you and I'd be doing my cringing and yeah. all of that. And you'd say, well, so, you know, what was the what was the environment you were in right then? 
right? Like, was this what other guys were doing? Yeah. Was this, you know, was this normalized? Essentially, was this normalized for you beforehand? And when I thought about it, I went, yeah, actually it was. And so it just made it still wrong. Yeah. No bad. I wish yeah. I hadn't done it, but I don't have to be so ashamed right. that I can't even look at it. Like I, it's, um, there are yeah. other reasons than me just being a bad person, right? Right. For any of these things. Yeah. It's, I mean, really, I don't think, I don't think any of them are about me being a bad person. Right. You know, from this perspective, but it's really hard not to think that. Right. When you're first discovering it or when you, yeah. um, it's time to share it. Right. Um, so yeah, your response was, was always in one way or another, like, well, yeah, that that's not good. But have yeah. you thought about this? And or, not even a but, an and. Not even but. That's right. You never did yeah, say. It was more of but. like because I'm I'm not remembering the particulars, but I am remembering what you're talking about, mm -hmm. which is is that naturally your memory, you know, glommed on to the particular instance of the behavior. Yeah. And which we both agreed was not good. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is that your myopic shame-based viewing was focused on this evidence that you were a horrible person. That's right. And I was you, uniquely bad. You yeah. were uniquely bad. Just by virtue of being a listener and also my Alan on ACA experience, I would say I was constantly saying, well, yeah, that was an asshole move. Um, can I ask you, were the men in your family assholes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, basically. You know did what I mean? Like, did, they do, did they do that too? Was this oh, something yeah. that was common that was <laughs> happening in you? Did this ever happen to you? I mean, just out of trying to understand, mm -hmm. you know, because again, you know, it's literally taking, it's like watching a two hour movie and you take the, this one, you know, 10 second image, you know, action image and right. you focus on that. And that's what's lodged in your brain. That's right. But I, I wouldn't like, I'm like, okay, so what was the movie? You know, right. what was the context of this? You yeah. asked me the questions I couldn't have thought of for myself because right. I was right. stuck on that. Yeah. And as a little weight, and that's another sort of shame reducing. So it's like, and I also know whether I said it or not. And if I didn't, it was probably because we were so into talking about family history and intergenerational, which was, you know, aside from me saying like, oh yeah, I've been a total asshole too. You know what I mean? Here's what I did. So number one, there's that shame reducing. You're mm -hmm. not uniquely bad. Hey, guess what? Not only did I do that, but I've done it several times and I've sponsored dozens of people, men and women who have also done that. So again, the shame reducing, right? You're yes. not. Then there was also the shame reduction around like helping you step out of that isolated moment 
and look at like, okay, Tom, I want you to see the intergenerational messaging mm -hmm. of how men are supposed to communicate and occupy space in your family line and mm -hmm. how they pa pass on shame and how they, you know, are misogynistic in, you know, feeling safe, yeah. whatever. And do you see how there's no way that that young man, Tom, could have behaved any differently. He didn't right. know there was an alternative way to behave. Right. Well, so that I do recall doing a lot. Yes, you did. You did, did that a number of times, and that was that was very helpful because I guess what I've come to now, I'm still looking at shame and all that stuff. Is it like shame doesn't come from nowhere? Exactly. Uh, it, it, we pick up the reasons for it or the suggestion yes. that we should have it yes somewhere so yeah. the intergenerational that was, yeah so that was a big thing about the fifth step yeah was in sharing it finding out it always had some context that didn't have necessarily to do with me just right. being broken and bad right right because <laughs> that's again, kind of that's not the case out, like yes in that moment you behaved badly mm -hmm. and you need to take responsibility for that and you need to look at like what your part was and whatever the shame piece that you were walking around with was that you behaved badly because you were a bad person right and what i did was in listening and reflecting was like no 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 <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no right you're not a bad person you're a person who is trained to behave badly mm -hmm. and you need to take responsibility for that so that you can make different choices. Yeah. And free myself from that spiral. Just yes. thing, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah. it is, it is like circling the drain when you get yes. stuck in something like that. Yeah. It's like a spiral of, of shame. Yeah. 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 So was there anything else? The other interesting thing that you and I had to deal with was, um, now I may have this wrong, but we started your fist up and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. Is that right? Let's see. Yes. So like all I, of a sudden we had to start doing your fist up over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. It's not a bad thing, but which, which, which again, the point being that there we are in the middle of this sort of mm -hmm. internet exchange of you coming over and we're occupying the same space and we're in the right. together and whatever. And then all of a sudden we had to go to computer land mm -hmm. and we've adjusted because we've had to adjust. Right. I mean? But also what I can say to people on the podcast is, is that it worked. It did work. And, you know, I... I'm much more comfortable with Zoom or, uh, for that matter, Skype is just the same, you know, um, I have not gotten WhatsApp, but, you know, yeah. I'm thinking about it anyway. Yeah, you got to get some, you know, international friends. That's right. And that, I didn't think I would be able to adapt to that, yeah. but it is actually, it's a rich communication. Yeah. So I'm good with it, you know, yeah. and we got a lot done. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, you know, for people out there, one of the things that Tom and I had that is an advantage is that, you know, we went to the same home group. So we had already established in-person intimacy 
Yeah. And so that's, you know, but I can say that I do have um, some fellows that I've, since the pandemic, I've only connected with over Zoom. And I don't think it's a, a replacement for in-person, but yeah. to be honest, like I still feel connected to people that I've met only through Zoom. Mm-hmm. And so, and I still feel intimacy there. So I certainly don't want to, you know, have people think that somehow doing it in person. So for example, Stacy and I got to do her whole fist up in person. Right. That is not in any way somehow of higher quality mm-hmm. than what you and I had to do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, no, we still have the intimate relationship. We're sharing information. Thankfully mm-hmm. with Zoom, you know, we have, I get to see your face. I get to look into your eyes. You know right. what I mean? Like, yes. it'll still work. It'll still work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's kind of what I want to assure. So let's go back to your experiences, the fifth step. And before we started talking, you pulled up your sheet. Mm-hmm. And let's get to like, so we talked about, you know, the evolution of you coming into the rooms, first, just even hearing about the process of doing a fist step, um, mm-hmm. doing your first one with Joel at the level that you could do it at, um, hitting a, a, a deeper state of powerlessness around sugar, owning your sugar addict, uh, deciding to work with me, having a much more structured program, um, the sort of obstacles but the things that we had to negotiate around being different sex you know or gendered or whatever and and how and and how we created that both you and me so that you could have the fullest experience around the fist step so you don't have to but if if you do have anything to say about taking your sex inventory to alan and Mm -hmm. anything that you want to sort of comment on about that huh we're not. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think the, the two things I would say is he does sponsor differently from you. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, it was a different, different experience to share that with him. And it was still the church of me too. Yes. Right. So that's the commonality for sure. But he's just a different person. So how could it be the same? No, right? it's not going to be the same. Yeah, and and, uh, it's no surprise that you know I'm type A. Like, here's your homework. You got to do it every week. There's a whatever, and uh, Alan is just the most chillax dude ever. Yes, (laughs) exactly. You know, great compliments for you, Tom. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I would say also that it it deepened our friendship. Oh, good. And our intimacy. Uh, for me to share that with him yeah um, and I think I I definitely feel it you know because I think uh, it might have punched through some some place I was holding back or yeah. some defense I was kind of well it's still a guy you know yeah, yeah. because women may not know but men have uh, we are roosters right and so there's a often a little bit of territoriality even among the best meaning people territoriality position a little bit of strutting yeah and yeah so that punched through all that yeah and um, i think it was valuable good 
Yeah. So what I recall is after you did it, I I just sort of asked you about it. I checked in. I was like, well, did mm -hmm. you do this? You know what I mean? And what I remember you saying is something to the effect of, it was a lot easier to say this to a man. That's true also. And I was like, some of it was, feeling, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, yes, we all have shame about sex. We all have modesty or whatever too yeah. and it was easier yeah and i think you know some of those things oh yeah he would immediately get it oh yeah i was in those locker rooms too you know <laughs> oh, yeah, I was a, yeah or whatever yeah. um yeah so that was good yeah and again just you know for our listeners you know um i have another sponsee who's lesbian and she feels and i and i identify as queer and she feels more comfortable talking to me. There are just going to be people that for whatever reason, whatever it is, you know, it's not having to translate. Mm -hmm. It's not having, because again, it's such a vulnerable thing, you yeah. know, and, and we're looking for shame reducing. <laughs> right. You know, and so, you know, it's stuff that we already have shame about and so you just want to be very, very gentle with it. And um, mm. so if there's anything that you feel that, you know, you would just feel emotionally safer mm -hmm. sharing it with, you know, taking an aspect of your fourth step and sharing it with someone else, you know what I mean? Just do it. Just, yeah. do it, you know, you mentioned like a therapist or somebody yeah. that I think I haven't done that, but I, I realized, God, that that could be an option, I guess, if I ran across something that I just was that uncomfortable with. Or yeah. if you were sponsoring someone, Tom, mm -hmm. and you can let a sponsee know if there's anything that you don't feel comfortable sharing with me, what's important is that you share it. Yeah. You get out of isolation because yeah. isolation is where shame will fester. So yes. that's where you need to, you know, and you don't even have to, if you're too embarrassed to even tell me there's stuff, just write it on your four step, you know what I mean? Or make note of it so that you mm -hmm. remember what it is or whatever. And then just stop being alone with it. Yes. And, and share it. Now, if you, you may just, you may think, and this has been my experience too, like I will never tell anyone about this. And then lo and behold, you get to you with your sponsor and then, you know, after your, you know, second or third, you're like, it comes out of your mouth. I've heard many AA speakers when they've taught men, when they've talked about, you know, the fifth step or whatever, doing their fifth step. Um, a few of them have said after they finish doing the fifth step. They're look, they'll look at their sponsee and say, okay, now what is, what's the thing you left off your course? Wow. And there's always something, you know, what is the thing that you didn't put on your four step that you're terrified to tell me? Mm. Because they know from their own experience that there's one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Here's the thing I didn't tell my sponsor until he said, what's the thing you left off your board? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, however people can get to that place of like, I no longer have any secrets. Mm -hmm. And someone, particularly, hopefully your sponsor, 
knows everything about me. And at the end, she hugged me and she said, I love you. And she, you know, was like, okay, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Hey, 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, so that now, is what you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now to the, to your worksheet, you, um, yeah. I remember want to get to, um, out of sharing your four step, there's certainly the like just sharing it experience. And then there's any insights. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I learned many things kind of, they just sort of became clear bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, but there was one. And so this is something that came together. <clears throat> a little bit of asthma there um it's not a linear thing so i could say well i saw this and i told you that and you said this it, it just everything kind of came together and you, you'll remember the incident i'm sure so i had gone on a trip uh out of the country actually with my two brothers yeah and it's the last night or second to last night and we were eating dinner and um we I, I went to the restroom and when I came back, my other brothers were like arguing about not quite politics, but the one step away, you know, economics. And so I sat down and then when I tried to say something in the conversation, um, <clears throat> my younger brother, <clears throat> excuse me, my younger brother kind of pokes me in the chest and said, shut up, I'm not done. You got to, you need to listen to me first. <clears throat> and so my first reaction was, shit you know how dare he right but then i left and as i was walking back to the room i said hey you guys i'll just have to pay you when you get back and as i was walking back to the room i realized what i don't want to spend i don't want to finish the trip this way what does always say oh yeah you pray for somebody you pray yeah. for the person and so i prayed for him and for me and what happened was i realized that I had done that to him all his life and my life. I'd always been, oh, I know more. I know better. Yeah. Listen to me, you know. <clears throat> and so the next morning, we both apologized to each other. And actually, that has done a lot of healing in that relationship. Yeah. Now, the related thing to this that you, Nicole, were able to reflect to me when you heard it. Yeah. Was that when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14, Dave, my younger brother, teased me all the time um terribly and um he i to this day i don't know how he managed it but he would tease me i would get enraged make a big scene and then i would get punished for being noisy or you know slugging my little brother <clears throat> so one day um we were in the kitchen and mom was there and um or she came in the room and he was teasing me and i grabbed him by the neck and i threw him against the wall and i was choking him and i I only saw red. I mean, I, yeah. I was, I had lost it, you know, and um, mom was terrified by this, of course. Um, and when I kind of came out of it, I let him go. And, you know, I was kind of shaken, but God, I was so mad. And the part that you reflected to me that I was unable to consider on my own is that, okay, that is a violent act. It's not, I mean, 
once that exists yeah. in your in your family or your life I mean, it's, it's always there i've done that i can't go back and yeah. pluck it out but not only that there was something in my family that was the setup or the allowance or this suggestion that this is a way to react <clears throat> and um it was so shocking like i just went whoa yes and then it came out that oh man my two brothers and i fought physically for years up until high school right i mean we damaged the house dad waited till we left the house to fix the plaster in one of the rooms you know yeah. and so part of a physically violent shame-based system in the family that i had glossed over completely right and that came out of this process of sharing it i didn't see it but when you reflected oh there's this going on i i went whoa yeah, yeah. wow of course whoa yeah. you know because then it, it i saw how we had been that bullying and violence was a form of communication in your family it definitely was yeah and that, that was and so again this is a powerful example of how um and it wasn't and so for people listening it wasn't just that tom had read that one incident it's that tom had been reading me thing after thing after thing either through his um resentment inventory or his fear inventory or his harms done inventory that I was starting to get a picture of your family life. Mm -hmm. And so then when I was starting to be able to put things together, yeah. I mean, through all of this, that it's like each thing, each line that you read gave me a puzzle piece. And then I was putting these puzzle pieces down and going, oh, that goes with this. Oh, that goes with this. And then it got to a point where I was able to then go, hey, Tom, look at this picture. Yeah. Look at this picture. And that is also a powerful experience that I had. Ah. You know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. through, and that's why I like the four step, the big book format of doing it line by, you know, the tables mm -hmm. and each you know, and all the data, you know, and yes. incident is a datum and then you line it, line it. And then after a while, if you can't hear the patterns, that's okay. Because mm -hmm. typically your sponsor will be able to hear, you know, patterns, mm -hmm. you know? And so that sort of ties in with what we talked about earlier around, um, you know, uh, yes, you were an asshole in that moment, but, you know, again, because of the picture, I was able to go like, yeah, but look how speaking asshole was part of your family. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And there's, uh, there's another thing here that now that I'm, you know, moving on along yeah. to the sixth step and looking at this stuff again for myself, <clears throat> I, I realized that this, the violent manifestation is still in my life today but it is not physically violent. I still have my ways of like um, steamrolling people. Right. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Verbally. I do it very nicely. You know, I have, there are many ways that I've yeah. hidden it if you're not subject to it. Yeah. Um, and so it's been easy for me not to be aware that I do that. 
Right. Uh, you know, well, you're just not, you know, you're just not listening yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And um, so that was a, yeah, that's something that I'm still digesting. Yeah. But it, it, it's an important key, yeah. you know, to see that, no, I am not just, just a nice guy who's being mistreated in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And despite your mellow, easygoing thing that, that it sort of belies the fact that, oh no, I can, I can be a big bully in getting my way. I can just do yeah. it because that's my family language. Mm -hmm. I can just do it in a way that's very subversive so that, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. A big I couldn't tell you how to do it, but I know how to say something that leaves you no opportunity to respond because <laughs> I've done it, you know, I, but know I couldn't just, <laughs> you know, I know how to be a big lovable guy. That silence you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the well, other thing is, is that, um, did we go, we, did we finish your shame inventory? Because for me, that's part of your fourth and fifth. Step. It is. And yeah. that I have not totally finished the shame inventory. I've done, I've done, a, I think one more than half of them. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. but that is what I'm going back to now and finishing those. Um, I had a misunderstanding about how I was supposed to work that before. Yeah. So yeah. No, and that's fine. It's and something to finish up. Who, who um, you know, are new or whatever, the traditional fourth step is you do an inventory on fear, harm, harms done, uh, resentments, and sexual conduct. And then uh, I have added and have, and so have other people a shame inventory. So instead mm -hmm. of it being four worksheets, it's five. And, um, and I think also with Tom, there was a bit of a miscommunication. But again, because of the pandemic, I mean, there was yeah. a lot of suddenly, like a lot of sponsees. I'm like, okay, what are, what are we doing? What are you working on? You know <laughs> there were, there were interruptions. I know. <laughs> Somebody was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you done this? You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely. And um, so even though technically you're still on your shame inventory still, I think that you know, we had actually already done your fist step. And then I was like, oh, wait, did you do your thing? Right. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's really, it is adding depth and understanding yeah. to do the shame inventory. And then going back to the other inventories, it's like, yeah, it's definitely yeah. adding. So I don't think it was a bad thing that I'm doing at last. Oh, no. And, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it's like, and, it, and just so people know, as this, I always just trust the process. And I'm like, well, if Tom needed to do his shame inventory first, then that's what would have happened. Like you mm -hmm. have your own higher power. So mm -hmm. for example, working with River, for whatever reason, I for, for good reasons, actually, mm -hmm. um, we started with her shame inventory uh -huh. because she was actually working on that. And so it right. just dovetailed nicely. It was kind of like, well, as long as this is what you're working on, why don't you do the shame inventory first? You yeah. Know? And so she and I worked on that first and then she started doing the other four worksheets. So again, like, you know, yes, there's a structure to my stuff work, but I also leave room for just the mystery. Uh huh. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think I was ready to work on a shame inventory at the beginning of my fourth step. When I look back, yeah. it was not, I didn't see enough of it yet yeah. to, to be able to dig into it. So, yeah. so again, it's, again, it just worked yeah. out, you know, mm -hmm. well, 
Um, but again, for, for listeners, that, that is something that I have added to uh, the fourth step is doing the shame inventory. And I have plenty podcast of podcasts on how to do that because I keep getting asked to lead workshops on the shame. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> yeah, like, podcasts yeah. are very handy for that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you want details on how to do that, all you got to do is go through, and I'm sure you'll find at least four workshops that I've recorded, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I've sort of become the shame girl in the OA. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many bad puns about that. I know, I'll, right? I'll spare you. Spare me, spare me. You know, super shame. Um, but anyway well thank you so much tom is there anything Uh that you would sort of like to sort of say to anyone listening any men that may be listening wondering about doing this now that you're kind of you know 90 percent on the other side of it yeah i think um well one thing is don't overthink it and if you're prone to that like me um Another thing, let's see, how would I put this, is that, oh, God. Oh, you know, you do want to know why and what it does for you and all that stuff, but don't worry about that when you start your fourth step. You're you're really just looking for, okay, these behaviors and these categories and stuff comes out of that just by itself. Um, and I think trying to look for something specific is, it would be an, for me, an example of overthinking it. Yeah. And I think it weakens the outcome. So, um, I'm glad that you said that. Cause I also forgot to kind of, you know, well, I hopefully did when I said the fourth step is, is that, um, you know, you would often say I, all, every single sponsee would say, well, I, I don't know what my part is here. or I don't know whatever. And I right. was like, and they were so concerned about filling out the columns. Right. And I said, do your, do, you know, do your best. Don't worry. Like we're going to go through it and I'm going to help you fill in all the gaps. That's what mm-hmm. this step with me is going to, to help you provide. It's like anything, don't worry about like, you know, if you're not going to get it all, it's like, I don't expect you to get it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just do your best of what you think your part is what part of self was affected you know what i mean where had mm-hmm. you been selfish self-seeking whatever and if you forgot anything trust me i will point it out to you <laughs> <laughs> oh here here's something also for the men in the crowd here yeah. is that um you don't have to be right and you don't have to know it all so <laughs> um yeah you're not you're not being questioned like you're questioning yourself yeah. <laughs> you're just it's yeah. a self-investigation yeah. so yeah, yeah it, it, it's I know that those are for me, those are stumbling blocks that can yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you for, you know, doing this with me and uh-huh. for, thank you, Nicole. You know, just being so transparent. And um, and I do believe that transparency is the key, you know, mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. the, you know, the church of me, too, is like, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm going to stop recording. Okay, thank you, everyone.